morning to serve the Lord. And, and um, it's Christmas season. We love Christmas season. I know what we do around our house. And one that goes with Christmas season, of course, is Christmas cards. Now, how many of you still send out Christmas cards? You raise your hand. Proudly in the air, you raise your hand. Okay, not that many. This morning's early service was almost everybody. Now, many of us don't. You know, it was, what's interesting is that my wife and I noticed this last week. We said, either we don't have many friends anymore, which could be true, or um, we just people are sending out less Christmas cards. I remember as a kid growing up, my mom had, had this, this archway in our house, and it was like packed full side, both sides with Christmas cards. And, and, and you know, there's just always a lot of them. And again, maybe my mom's more popular than we are, but, you, you know, it's just, it seems that there's less Christmas cards than there used to be. And I wonder if that's because maybe they're not giving or getting these ones I'm going to show you here this morning. These are some real cards uh, that, are, that are the real thing. This first one this morning is, is very real, right? That's, that's, that's how things work. This is a texting thing. You know, notice, the, notice the words there. You know, they're like, got the, like the, you know, like the half letters and half words. And stuff. I thought that was pretty good. You know, that's pretty realistic. And the next one here is also realistic. If you're a nerd like I am for, for Macs, this one here, of course, is pretty old. But this is a family getting a Mac computer for the first time. And it's like the part of their family. You know, and, and I can relate to that, you know, because I like computers too. But, but this next one is the most real one. This is what happens if you have a cat and your cat grows up very, very large. This is what your cat wants to do to you, okay? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but no, this is, this is a pretty great picture because uh, I do believe that's what your cat wants to do to you. They want to grow up and, get, and take you out. But, but anyway, the last one today is uh, also very real. Uh, this one is what happens so often at Christmas time with joy, right? How many, how many of you can, can appreciate that in your own house, that Christmas time doesn't, doesn't always feel very joyful, but I will tell you this morning that Christmas and joy are forever closely related. Christmas and joy go together like hand and, and glove. And, and it's, it's a very real thing associated with Christmas. We're going to read about this in the Christmas story this morning. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14, of course. Again, you probably read this a few times in your life, but... We're going to read it again this morning. There's some really cool things here to, to pull out today. Verse 1 of chapter, uh, chapter 2. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was, for the, this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. Now what this does right here is this is a time stamp on this story. What's so cool about the story of Christmas is it's not just, you know, it didn't just happen a long time ago in a land far, far away. Although that is true, it did happen a long time ago in a land far away. But that's not where this story is. This story happens. It happened in a real place, in a real time. And this passage here gives us when it happened and what's happening around the world or around the situation as it comes. And so this, Jesus comes to the world at a time when there is a ton of unrest, there's a ton of problems. There's a ton of garbage happening in the world. Things, people are fearful. There's, there's all kinds of things happening. And so this is not just like some place that happened somewhere. This happened, and it shows us here when it happens. That's important because it continues. Let's skip down to verse 6. Verse six. And so verse 6, and while they were there, the time came for her, which of course is Mary, to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, of course, this is Jesus, and laid him in a manger, because there is no place for them in the inn. 
And the same region, there were shepherds out in the fields, and they were keeping watch over their flock by night. And this is a little pl- plug. Next year, we're going to talk about, or next year, next week, we're going to talk about this very thing. So be here next week. It's going to be really, really good. But, but I don't want you to miss this. It's, there's some cool things in that, in that passage there. But then verse 9, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all the people. What I love about this passage here is that it's, it's talking about, about joy, and it's talking about these, these, these shepherds, who, they, and, the, and the angel said, Don't be afraid. Now, this is what this does not say, is it does not say, don't be afraid, you know, even though you live in a time of just incredible unrest and all kinds of issues and problems and things, don't be afraid. Just, you got to just kind of dig down deep and try to not be afraid because good things are going to come. That's, that's not what this says. It also does not say, you know, hey, you are, you are seeing angels right now. Now, in the Bible, when angels are seen by humans, as many of us may, may know this, um, angels were terrifying, right? They were not these, like, cute little cherubs with little tiny wings and, you know, flying around. Angels were terrifying. So when people saw angels in the Bible, they were usually afraid, what this does not say is it does not say, hey, I know we're scary, but dig down deep. You're men. You are shepherds. You've killed lions. So what are you so afraid of? Dig down deep and be, be strong about this and don't be afraid. It's not saying that. It's saying fear not because, and that's a big word, because of the good news of great joy. And that's what this is as it continues for. In verse 11, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is well pleased. Christmas time is a time of, of gifts, isn't it? And I have one here this morning. It's pretty, pretty amazing that, that the reason we give gifts this time of the year is because of this story. And because we're going to talk about today that, that Jesus Christ really is and really well, was to them and is to us a gift. It's why we give gifts. It's why we receive gifts. And, and I love giving gifts. And I love this time of the year of, of, of gift giving. And one of the, the, be, the best parts about Christmas season is that the gift of transformational joy came wrapped to us in swaddling claws. And he really is a gift. And, and, and again, I, I love getting gifts. And the older I get and that I have kids, the more I enjoy giving gifts than I do receiving gifts. Because I know when I receive them, I really bought them. No, I, I just, I'm just kidding about that. But, but no, I really do enjoy doing that. I went shopping on Friday for my girls for Christmas and, and went to Fleet Farm because that's where guys go to shop for presents. And, and so I went to Fleet Farm and bought my girls some toys and some things that, let's be honest, that I'm going to like too. Okay, there, there, there's some cars and things in there. My, my girls like those things, which is good for me. So I, I bought them presents. It was, it's fun. I'm excited for them to open the presents up that I, that I bought them. And... and Christmas time is for that. 
And this passage here shows us that, 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 that God has given you and I a gift as well. And this is really kind of the, the first truth I want to talk about today, is that joy is a gift for anyone that finds Jesus. Joy is a gift for anyone that, that finds Jesus. And, and really, the followers of Jesus have been given some pretty remarkable gifts. We've been given some awesome things, but, but I would argue that there's a lot of gifts that God's given us that we have actually left just like this. We've left them under the tree and unwrapped and unused. And this gift of joy is one of those gifts that God has given to us. Now, this is not a thing that we work hard to try to be joyful. It's a gift given to us that God's placed there for us that many of us have left unwrapped. Now, you say, well, how do you know? Well, I've seen a lot of scowly-faced Christians. A scowly-faced Christian should be an oxymoron. It should not happen. It should not be possible because of the gift God gave us of joy. But here's the deal this morning is that we, we haven't given this gift of joy, and, and it's been God's given us this opportunity, but we need to take it out of the box, and we need to put on this gift of joy that God has given us and wear it because that gift of joy has an effect on people around us. And you're like, are those cats? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. See, I wore this jacket the other day. We had our, our pastor's um, uh, Christmas party on Tuesday, and I, I wore this. It actually has a matching tie as well, and so it's pretty awesome. And I wore this there, and I was leaving the place we were having our party and went to the restroom, and as I was walking towards the restroom, the entire restaurant was looking at me. And, and everyone was like, you know, eyes following me, and everyone was staring at me. They were laughing, they were pointing at me and talking, which I'm used to, but they were talking about me and such, and, and to the point where this lady at the court towards the restroom says, hey, she goes, I love your jacket. Do you like cats? And I said, no, I hate them. And, she, and I said, that's the irony of this thing. And she said, okay. She said, well, you know what? Your jacket is so cool. I love it. She goes, you made my day. And see, that's the joy that God has given us. It is a gift of joy that he has given to his followers that we have to unwrap and take out of the box and put on and wear. It has an effect on those around us. You're like, I don't want to walk around like that. But you know, you get my point this morning. But, but here's the deal. We have to unwrap it and put it on. The, the scripture tells us in, in Psalm 68.3, but the righteous shall be glad. They shall exalt before God and they shall be jubilant with joy. Now, that's not a truth for someone else or some other person. And you might say, well, Pastor, see, that's fine for you. You always have a smile on your face. You're always joyful. I'm not that kind of person. And I will tell you this this morning, neither am I. Because joy is a thing that we take out of the box and put on our backs daily and wear. That's the point that what God has given us and why it is such a gift. It changes us. It changes those who we are around. And it's a gift God's given to anyone. Everyone say anyone. Anyone who loves Jesus. Romans chapter 3 verse 22. The, the righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. So I see the good news is not because I have worked hard to be righteous. The good news is that Jesus has done the work for me and made me righteous. Amen? That's for you too this morning. And with that promise comes gifts. And one of those 
is the gift of joy. And we'll get to in a few minutes here today because your, your past doesn't disqualify you. Your present situation doesn't change this. Your future doesn't change this. It's just plain true that if you are a believer, you have been given the gift of joy. But it's your point to take it out of the box and put it on and wear it. Because it's been given to all of us this morning. And so it's time that believers stop making excuses not to walk in joy and put it on. Because number two this morning, the gift of joy is transformational. God's gift of joy is transformational. It changes us. It transforms us. When I was a kid, one of the best presents that there was when I was uh, uh, in the 80s was to get Transformers. Who had, who had, who were Transformers when you were a kid? You remember those? I, I loved Transformers. They were my favorite toy. Um, and when I was about third or fourth grade, I, I loved them. And I know they still have them today, although I will be honest with you, they're not as good as we had. Ours were metal, okay? So they were indestructible. Trust me, I know. But anyway, they were awesome. And I remember one year I got a Transformer for Christmas. It was a yellow car. I don't remember what it's called now. And it was a yellow car. It wasn't Bumblebee. It was something else. But it was like a, it was like a, a it was like a car. It was a, it was a, a uh, um, like a Lamborghini type car. But it was, it was awesome. It was, it was a cool little car. But what was so incredible about this car was that it wasn't made to stay as a car. It was actually made to be transformed into a robot with guns and with like, you know, cannons and things that shoot and do things. So when you're a fourth grade boy, what's better than cars and destruction? Right? And so this car was made for that purpose, though it was in one situation when it came out of the box, it was made to be transformed to something else. Church, that's the truth for us as well. That, that, and the joy is what does that. Joy, the joy that God gives is transformational. See, it's so cool that these shepherds, when they got this news, they are, you find them scared, you find them terrified, and then they go to Jesus, as we find in this passage, as they go to Jesus, they come back, as it tells us in verse 20, it says they come back from seeing Jesus as glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. The, the seeing Jesus transforms these guys from what they were to what they could be, which of course was to be people of joy. This gift of joy is transformational. Now I want to back up a bit and say, well, what, what is joy? Well, joy is this. Joy is an emotion that's acquired by the anticipation, the acquisition, or even the expectation of something great or wonderful. And some of you realize, like, you just took all the fun out of joy. Well, that's because, number three here, joy is not happiness, but joy is a feeling, right? Now, it has to be said this morning, we have heard before that joy is not a happiness, it's a feeling, which is so true, that joy is not based on happenings, because if it was, your joy would be up and down, left and right, forward, backwards, it'd be all over the place based on what's happening to you, that's not joy, the Bible is full of examples that that's not what the joy of the Lord really is. It doesn't depend on what happens to you. But so joy is not based on happy, happenings, but joy is definitely an emotion. It's, it's a feeling. And I use those two things interchangeably. 
Now, this is important to understand, then, because this might be the reason why some of us don't have joy and have scowly faces on us and such, because the difference between an idea and a feeling or emotion is that you don't have control immediately over your feelings and emotions. You do over your ideas, but not over your feelings and emotions. Let me illustrate today. When I was, in, when I was a younger kid, I went camping one time with our Royal Ranger ministry. And so we had, we were up, up north, we were camping at, for powwow, and um, that's our camp out. And so I was in my tent one night, and I heard rustling outside of the, the doors of, of, of my tent, and I didn't know what it was, so I opened the tent up and walked out, and I saw this black form right over there in the, in the tent. And so I, I just heard Craig Schwarzkopf, who was our leader, who always told us to put away the grease and the food because we'll have bears someday. There he was. There was the bear standing right there. Now, this is what I did not do. I didn't say, huh, there's a bear right there. That, that's pretty scary, I, I guess. I mean, maybe I should react with fear and, and maybe I should just, you know, like run into my tent so he doesn't get me. I mean, maybe that's... Hmm, you know what? I think I'll do that. You see, see, that's, that's our thoughts. And, and some of us think of joy like that, that we have to make ourselves be joyful and look at a certain situation and say, huh, I, I think I should be joyful here. I'm, I'm not, but I need to work on it and get better at it and such. And see, that's why we don't sometimes have joy because joy is an emotion and joy is a feeling, not, it's not a thought process. And you might be saying, I'm not sure I, I agree with that this morning. Well, well follow me today because, because this is why we think that because joy is associated with conviction and persuasion and decision, but, but not like we think it might be. See, you are convicted or you are persuaded or you have a decision to react sometimes but not with joy. And, and truthfully this morning, those things happen long before joy ever gets there. You are not convicted to live with joy. You are convicted by the Holy Spirit to come under his authority and then comes the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. You're, you see the difference there this morning. You are not persuaded to be a joyful person. You are persuaded that Jesus Christ is the answer to your life, and Jesus Christ is who you need to give your life and your heart to. You're persuaded to put your life in him, and then joy comes. Because you see, Herod, for instance, Herod came into contact with Jesus, and the Bible says that when Herod saw Jesus, the Bible says that he was troubled when he saw him. And so just coming around Jesus doesn't mean that you're going to be changed. You see, there has to be something deeper there, and that's what we're talking about today. This is where joy begins, but much longer before joy actually happens. Now that you're confused this morning, you're not, you don't decide to have joy. You know, so I'm going to have joy today. No, no, no. You decide to put your life in his presence, and then what happens as a result of that is joy is grown in your life. See, you see the, 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 the pattern there that Jesus is the pursuit. Joy is what follows. And this brings us to our last truth this morning. Joy is a gift that God grows in our lives when our lives are planted in the fertile soil of his Holy Spirit. Now, now, it seems maybe like I'm mixing illustrations here. We've talked about joy as a gift, and now we talk about joy as 
as a fruit. I'm not mixing them. This is what the Bible refers to joy as being. In Galatians 5, the Bible says that joy is a fruit. It's, and there's love, there's joy, there's peace, patience, etc., etc. And so the Bible says that joy is, is a fruit. Now, I'm no green thumb. To be honest with you, I could, I could kill about anything green that, that, that goes. I could kill it very easily. So I, but I know a few things about growing things. And so let's say I was going to grow some apples and, and such. I, I do know that if I'm going to grow some apple trees, I need the right soil, the right water, the right fertilizer, the right sun, the care and time, that these things matter when you're going to grow apples, right? Now imagine if I'm a farmer and I say, you know what? I got a better idea. I don't need any of those things. And so I'm going to plant my apple trees in some toxic, absolutely toxic, sandy soil that has been a, a toxic waste dump for years. I'm growing apples in that place no matter what. So I, I plant my tree in, in this soil. And then I say, you know what? I don't need water. I don't need anything like that. So I'll just kind of let it happen what happens. And I plant it there. I'm not going to water it. I'm, I'm not going to fertilize my trees. I'm not going to help them grow. Uh, I'm going to plant them in this terrible soil and just hope things happen. And, and I could say, well, too, uh, I'm going to make sure as well I plant them in the forest. And so there's covering and they're going to get no sun. They're going to get no light. They're going to get no care. And then if I actually did get an apple, I'm going to pluck that thing off the tree before it is ripe. If I do that, I am not going to understand and have the joy of a wonderful harvest. You see, that's what joy is. When the Bible talks about joy, it talks about joy in this perspective. That joy grows on the tree of a believer. And that when you plant yourself firmly in his presence and you fertilize, you grow, you allow the Holy Spirit to work, then joy begins to grow. And then when you walk into a situation, it's not, hmm, should I be joyful here? No, it is, that is there. It's an emotion. It is a gift, it's a gift, a blessing that God has given you. He's placed in your life, and you have not worked one iota to be, to be a person of joy. God has placed it in your life. And that's why joy is a gift. If Pastor Joel could come this morning, real quickly today, we're going to close with this idea this morning. God gave us an incredible gift. And that gift is joy. And church, it's up to us to unwrap that gift and, and put that gift on our, our backs and walk around and be a person of joy. And, and so our decision in this point, in this point, in this part, is not to work to be a person of joy, is to put on the gift that God has already given us. To put that gift on and, and walk around with that gift and, and live with that. And when we walk in step with his spirit, the promise is that he grows this within our lives, in our hearts. What's, what's so cool about this, I haven't got the best part yet. Because joy is a feeling and emotion, but it's a feeling and emotion with incredible meaning. You see, we, we find it in Nehemiah chapter 8 as we close today. The great leader Nehemiah encourages God's people with some incredible words. What we find in this place to this point is, is that the people of God, the Israelites, were, were, their, their whole lives were in ruin. There was garbage and their, their buildings had crumbled and there was problems every place. And they were called to rebuild the walls and rebuild their cities. And it was a very, very big daunting task. 
And frankly, many of them uh, did not have the heart or the strength to do it. And so, so God used Nehemiah, an incredible leader, to write these words. In Nehemiah chapter 8, he said, Don't be grieved because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You see, joy is not just for feeling good. And God knows that, that feelings are important. I would argue that many of you probably make a lot of decisions based on feelings. Whether you feel good about something or you feel bad about something, you feel a certain way, you make decisions based on feelings. God knows that and God understands how that works. And, and God gave joy as a, an emotion, as a feeling. And, and much like I don't have to work hard to be fearful if I see a bear off in the distance, much like that is a feeling, we don't have to work hard to see our lives in the, in, in, in the, 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 the viewpoint of, of joy when God grows this into us. And the joy of the Lord, he says here, is your strength. Joy is given for strength. And some of you this morning, you need to hear that today. And sometimes I hear things in the Bible that if I read it out loud, I hear it in better, different ways. And so that's one, this is one of those moments here this morning. If you would, let's, let's close your eyes today. I want you to hear what this, this speaks and what this says here today. It says, let's, let's read this again today. I want to emphasize different words on this passage. The, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Not your efforts, not your, what you work hard to achieve, not your job, not your money, not your lack thereof, not any of those things. Those are not your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Not the strength of someone else, of your friend or someone else you know that is a person that's just more joyful than you are and you'll never be able to do it because you're not joyful. No, the joy of the Lord is your strength if you're a believer. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You are made strong because you have the joy of the Lord in your heart. And is it any wonder why we struggle with strength sometimes because we struggle with putting this gift God's given us on our backs and, and walking around with this gift that joy of the Lord is your strength. The story told from many years ago, it's a true story, the story of the time of, of, of Napoleon Bonaparte, who was, of course, one of the most feared and, and hated dictators in all of history, and, and Napoleon, his quest to take over the entire part of Europe, he he came across the town in Austria. Actually, he didn't. His, one of his generals did. His, his name was Messina. And Messina came across this, this town in, in, um, in Austria. And this town was important because it was strategically placed, but it was defenseless. And they had no hope for help, and they had no one around. And so this Napoleon had 18,000 men camped outside of this community, and they were out there plotting their takeover of this area. Now, Messina was concerned because Napoleon was a very tough, very awful dictator, so Messina didn't want to mess this up. So he was, as he was out there strategizing how to do this the right way, how to do this the best way, the people in the town were terrified. 
And the story goes that the people in this community had come together and the pastor in the community had, had, tried, had come to the city council and said, folks, we know this, this situation, we know what's happening, and so let's, let's, let's react differently. Because it was Easter time, and they were going to have a wonderful Easter celebration. So the pastor said, uh, people, let's, let's just go on with our Easter celebration like, like normal. And then let's, let's see what God will do in our behalf. And that's what they did. As, as Napoleon's armies, under the direction of Messina, were, were, were out plotting and, and, and waiting to take them over. The people of this community were up in the church and they said that they had begun to joyfully ring these bells. And the bells began to, to ring out over the countryside and over the valley. And they began to sing in their church and the windows were open. And, and again, true story that these, 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 uh, these, these, these armies were down in this valley and they heard the sound of this joyful bell and they, they heard the sound of singing. And, and this man, Messina, who did not want to be embarrassed, said, I don't know how they could be doing this because they have to know we're here. They have to know we're coming in. He said, there must be some help up there. He said, they, they must have brought in some army. He said, I'm not about to go in there and get wiped out. So what they did is, as during this time of this service, this entire army packed up their bags and they left just based on this one situation. How incredible is that? The joy of the Lord is your strength, both sometimes literally like that, but also far deeper. When the enemy comes into your life to bring you pain and remind you of all these things, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Would you stand across the room this morning? Everybody, heads bowed, eyes closed this morning. Joy the Lord is your strength. Your job is to take it out of the box and put it on your back and wear it. That will change you. It will change others. It's, it's transformational. The joy of the Lord is your strength. He is going to do some things in your life and on your behalf. It's not a gift that you work towards and that you, you, you struggle towards. It's a gift that he has given and that it, is, it grows in our lives when our lives are planted in him this morning. Now I know you might be here today. You might say, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. And I'll be truthful today. This promise, this, this gift is given to those who are in Christ. That's you today. You say, well, that sounds pretty exclusive. Well, it, it is. I, I'll be honest with you. It's very exclusive. Uh, and the ex exclusive door is open to all. That's the good news. So we're going to pray today. And if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, but you want to this morning, I want to encourage you to pray with me this morning. I'm going to pray out loud, and I would have... Let's, let's all pray together this morning. Let's pray this prayer together. But if you've never asked Jesus into your life, I would ask you to specifically consider and for you to pray this prayer this morning like with all of your life and your heart today. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I give you my heart. From this point forward, I'm yours. I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for my sin. Will you forgive me? Will you wash me? Will you make me brand new? I love you, Jesus. And I want to know you more. 
In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen. Let's give God some glory this morning for those who have come to Jesus. I've heard several stories of people in the past few weeks that have prayed that prayer with me, and you don't see that, and you don't know that, but they do. And they've talked to me and said, I prayed that prayer with you, and God has begun to change my life and change my heart. You see, that's the goodness of Jesus. We think, I have to work hard at being joyful. We think, I have to try harder to do these things. But, but God tells us that this is not a try thing. This is a presence thing. It is a, and not a presence that you wrap, but a presence being in the presence of Jesus. That he changes us and makes us and forms us to be what he wants. And what he wants is a person of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. Can you imagine what life would be like if you had those things? You can, but not to work at them. But when God puts them in your life, would you bow your head this morning, close your eyes today. If this is you, if you'd say, Pastor, I, I, want, my, I want joy in my life. I want, a, I want a, fresh, a fresh touch of joy. Would you raise your hands this morning? My hands are raised. This is not an admission today that you are wrong and that someone else is right. This is an admission that I need Jesus to come in and I need Jesus to change me and I need Jesus to work in my heart, in my joy. If that's you, would you raise your hands? Today, prayer and your word and your voice spoken to Jesus means a lot. So let's just say, ask him this morning that he would minister and work like that. If I could have the prayer team come forward this morning. Jesus, we need you. We love you, Lord Jesus. With hands raised high, Lord, we are admitting today that we need you. And we need you, Lord, in our joy. God, will, will you cause this Christmas season to be a season we finally understand and walk in joy? For some of us, that means we have to put it on. For some of us, it means we have to get in your presence and let you, Lord, grow it into our lives and grow into our hearts. For some of us, Lord, it just means that we need to just, Lord, get over all the stuff in our lives and just allow you to work in them, Lord Jesus. But Lord, whatever it might be, we give you our lives, our Christmas season, our hearts. Lord, let us be people of joy this Christmas. If that's you today, I would, I would ask you this morning, just take a, a minute and say, Jesus, I want that. I want that, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you, would you again, keep your hands raised. We're going to just take a minute today, and we're just going to let God just minister. Let's just give him a, a few moments this morning. Let's just, let's, just, let's just give our hearts, again, once more, one more time to him today. Let's just, just take some, a minute today and say, Lord, I, I just love you this morning. Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, for life. Well, we thank you, God, for what you've done. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've given us a wonderful gift, the gift of joy. I pray this in your name, Jesus. And everyone said, amen and amen.